starting with the sermon, the topic is, this, the title is The Bond of Brothers, because this is a reunion of Joseph, uh, next to Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world at that time. And uh, he was reunited with his brothers. But for a background, God prepared the way for Joseph to be the second most powerful man. He prepared the way. It wasn't by accident. Everything was set up by God. Everything, everything that happened in, in his life was set up by God. And that's why I believe God is a God of purpose and a God of plan. Though sometimes it takes so long. He waited 13 years for, to understand God's purpose for him, which was to save the world and to save Israel where Messiah will be born one day to preserve Israel, bring Israel to Egypt, and allow them to grow as a nation. But for each of us, trust that God has a plan for us. God has a plan for you. Sometimes you may think, really? It's hard to believe. That's where faith comes in. Faith is believing in the things we do not see. Faith is believing in Scripture. Faith is believing in the principles of Scripture. And that's why we study the Bible, because the more we study the Bible, the more we understand the God we serve. Sometimes we talk to God, we pray, and many of us may say, I have known God since I was a child. But do we really know God? Do you know that's even hard to know the persons in our family sometimes? Because everybody changes. Everybody goes through a growth period. And there are different stages of life, and people change. Their emotions change, their intelligence would change, their habits change, their preference would change. And uh, there, God has a purpose for everything. And somehow, learning about each other is even hard. How can you learn about God when you don't even read the Bible? It begins by understanding. We read the Bible to seek to understand. If at first we don't, be patient. Keep reading, keep understanding, and then you can ask us. Because we need the import there's an importance of the background. Why was this piece of scripture written in the first place once upon a time? There was a purpose. And if we know that purpose, then each word in that book, whether it's Genesis, Exodus, whether it's Matthew or uh, Ephesians or Romans, become more clear. Otherwise, it is not. In this context, is about us understanding that God indeed has a purpose. He has a grand plan. And God has a purpose for you, but it is definitely aligned to the Holy Scriptures. Now, God had to bring, prepare Joseph. Everything was aligned. Prepare Joseph to be in position so that he can bring the tribe of Israel to Egypt. Never forget that. Why? Uh, you see, Israel was so influenced by the Canaanites, who were idolaters, not only idolaters, they were involved in deep, deep witchcraft. And, uh, and God said, do not intermarry with them. And we know that Judah tried to do that, left his family, left his tribe, and fell into to that mistake, and it cost him a lot. He lost two of his sons. He had three sons. He lost two because of that mistake. But it, it's very consistent. God doesn't want us to intermarry with people who practice idolatry. But Egyptians are a different breed of idolaters. Egyptians are idolaters as well. Oh, they are. But 
they have some, this form of racism. They do not want to associate with the Hebrews. They do not want to eat with them. Of course, they do not want to intermarry with them. For them, it's, it's, uh, it's too low for them to do that. Therefore, the race would be protected. So after 400 years, there was a clear Israel. They were not absorbed in the other nation. There was a clear group, tribe, that became a nation. The path that God set for Joseph was not easy, but it was significant. God allowed Joseph to experience humiliation and betrayal. You know, God had to make him experience that, betrayal, humiliation. Why? You know, I do believe it makes one a better leader to understand people. And if you've experienced tough times in your life, it helps you understand others. Because it's hard to be a leader if you do not understand what people are going through. He went through that experience. So if you were betrayed, please stop complaining now. God has a purpose. Amen? Okay? Um, Pastor, I was betrayed. I, I, I almost want to say welcome to the club. I mean, uh, if you're alive, somebody will betray you. If no one has betrayed you, you're, you're too young. One day, somebody will. Somebody will say something bad about you that is not true. Or whether it's true, you trusted somebody to protect a secret, and suddenly it's out into the world. Or somebody will really try to bring you down because of jealousy and envy. So if you have been betrayed, welcome to the club. The difference is how we treat it, right? I see it as a normal part of life that I have to learn from. I don't have to carry the anger and the resentment and the bitterness, okay? We can let go of that through Christ. Alone, it's the power to do that. We cannot. But through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures, by feeding our minds and hearts with it, filling it up with the love of God, it becomes easy to let go. It might be hard at, st at the start, but through time, we can learn it if we are consistent. If we treasure this relationship with Jesus Christ, we realize that he gives us strength to do it. So Joseph experienced that, well, in a really terrible way. He was sold as a slave. First, the brothers wanted to kill him. Oh, wow. That was how deep the hate was, right? Deep the jealousy was because their father made him favorite. That's why I tell uh, other parents, please, all your children should be your favorite. Everybody. Doesn't matter who treats how one person is so obedient, the other person less obedient. You just have to love them with the unconditional love. Of course, you can have, you'll have to entrust more to those who are trustworthy. But in terms of your love and treatment to others, if it's so dependent on what they do to you, then you, you're, you're saying this, I love you because you do stuff for me. You know, agape love, or what we call unconditional love, the God kind of love is, I love you no matter what. It doesn't matter. Because if you try to play favorites, you are driving division within the family. Did you get that lesson? How deeply the brothers hated him. Because he was so favored by the father. He wasn't even working in the field. All he had to do was spy. 
you know, this guy, maybe God said, <laughs> you will learn to work real hard, boy. Favored, protected by the Father, you will learn to work really hard as a slave. So he learned to work. Ah, well, he experienced humiliation, betrayal. Joseph would have hands-on servanthood training, right? Hands-on servanthood training. Well, I haven't been doing it here for our members because I was thinking you guys might be shocked if I tried to do it here. Uh, but uh, for the youth, once in a while, we can do that with them. When there's a camp, we ask them to serve. We ask them to wash. We ask them to do. Uh, but that's still on grade one level. Um, if, if I, whenever we go into reunions with some of our friends, you know what they recall? How hard I made it for them. And how thankful they are. Some of them I love so much until today. Uh, I could sense their commitment and love to us, my wife and I. But they said that training prepared me for my work. That training prepared me for life. And it's true. A lot of them have amazing lives. Some of their businesses are doing so well. And others are very influential in a global scale because they learned hands-on servanthood training. Well, kids, you don't have to look very far. Look at home. See how you can help. See how you can help your parents. Um, oh, they love you, and that's why sometimes we abuse that love. And, uh, but we have to learn to serve our family, serve one another. And if you can show how you can sacrifice and work with your hands, be a servant because that is a good training for leadership. It's very hard. For me, it's very hard to ask somebody to take a leadership position if I know they're not used to serving others. Because that leadership will get into their head. It's going to be about me, how good I am, how privileged I am as a leader, and how should everybody should serve me. The leader would rather say, serve with me. Serve with me. Not serve me. Serve with me. But sure, you can help me out. Remember when Moses was lifting his hands in Exodus uh, chapter 17, when he lifted his hands, Joshua was winning. Whenever he got tired, Joshua was losing. There was a war against Amalek. And then he would get so tired. Well, people would say it's, it's a, a very strong symbol of connecting with God and praying with God, how, how leaders should be connected with God and others should be, other leaders should be fighting the battle there. He got so tired, and then Aaron and her served with him by serving him. So what did they do? They put a rock behind Moses, sit down, old man, and said, let me help with your other hand, and this guy will help with the other hand. So they did serve with Moses, and what happened was there was victory. Servanthood training. And then what happened to Joseph? Cross-cultural immersion. Cross-cultural immersion. Well, he had to lead Egypt, so he has to know the culture. That's why he was sold there. And for 13 years, he would know the culture. And sometimes that happens. There was cross-cultural immersion. He understood. And uh, kind of like when I advise people who are getting married or uh, have you done your cross-cultural immersion? 
I, I don't say it exactly like that, but I mean the other family. <laughs> uh, have you gotten to know the culture and nuances? Because uh, people are different. And, and sometimes when you get married, the shock is there because the details come out. Uh, if you're not yet married, the details don't come out yet. You think you saw the details, but you'll see more details. And then <laughs> so for some, it's a shock, but some were prepared mentally and psychologically because they did their immersion as well. They got to learn one another. So Joseph had cross-cultural immersion. And you know what? Uh, this happens too between brothers and sisters among us. Before you judge anybody, in fact, I don't like judging others. I'd rather try to understand, so what happened? So why? Uh, why? Because I know I make mistakes too, right? Do you make mistakes? If you never make a mistake, then you are like God who can judge the world. But if you see somebody make a mistake, keep quiet. Don't be so quick about your self-righteous lecture. In fact, you would say, are you okay? Everything all right? I'd like to help. Let me pray with you. But we have become Pharisees sometimes. You know Pharisees? How me, I, I don't even watch movies, you know. Because I might be tempted, that's why I don't even, you shouldn't watch either. Uh, me, me, I never smoked in my life. I'm giving you a, a role play, I'm role playing, okay? I never smoke, I don't know what it tastes. Ha! I can't imagine these people always smoking. I love people to stop smoking, but I can't do that with that attitude, right? I had to explain to some people because some people think smoking is such a really bad sin. So I asked, where is that in scripture? Oh, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's use that logic. Do you drink Coca-Cola? Do you know any health benefits of Coca-Cola? In fact, it has so much sugar, it kills you slowly like smoking. Should I treat co drinking Coke as a sin? Should I? I'd rather treat adultery as a sin, gossip as a sin, bitterness, unforgiveness. Those are clearly what's in the Bible. I encourage people to stop their soft drinks. As I encourage people to stop smoking, that's the same level for me. But you know, where did we get this? Where did we get that thinking from your traditions that are not necessarily biblical? That's why I keep saying, read the Bible. What is sin is sin if it is stated there. If it's gray, meaning it is silent, don't make it a sin if it is silent, if the Bible is silent. Gray is gray, black is black. There was even a time somebody was preaching, don't drink coffee, it's a sin. For crying out loud. Do you want me to function in a day? Some people can't function without their coffee. Uh, well, I'm healthy, Pastor. I was able to remove uh, 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 this. Uh, sure, that's you. You want to help us? Sure, help us if you want to. But that may not adapt to me. That's why even in marriage counseling, each one is unique. We just share the principles. 
But how it is applied by the couple, it's, you can't apply it the way we apply it. You can borrow some, but you know, you, every couple is unique, but without the biblical principles, there's nothing to hold on to, there is no anchor, then you've got nothing to anchor it. So who's right? She is always right. <laughs> so, he was trained. God paved the way for Joseph to be reunited with his family. Process was awkward and emotional. The text would also s reveal the character of Judah. Take note, Judah, it was Judah's time. This was perhaps the reason why, why Israel, Jacob, gave the blessing of Judah for kings. Before Jacob died, he gave blessings to his children, and Judah was given that. Judah, who, who, who intermarried? Yes, I think he realized his mistake. He came back to the fold, and this time, from his past guilt, defended Benjamin with all that he can, even with his life. And you know, for, for Joseph, he needed to see that, that his brothers have changed. Perhaps all this ploy, setting up, setting them up to be guilty, was a ploy and making Benjamin guilty to be slave, perhaps one, to protect Benjamin. You'll be my slave here, to, so I can protect you from your brothers. Or the other one, which is also to test them, they, whether they have changed. And yes, they have changed, because when they came and saw him, they bowed down to him and asked for mercy for the life of their brother. For the life of their brother. They have changed. Friends, people can change. Amen? You know, the problem with us humans is we have these tabs in our minds. We have anchors that when we see this guy, you know, like, like it's a high school reunion, when we see this guy, this guy is, he has a label, right? There's some people, it takes so long to change. Matanda na But please don't put that on everybody because some people do change. And then there's that hope that people change. I can change, you can change. That's why, ah, yun, kilala ko yun. I know that guy. He's this, this, this. What, after 20 years? That's still your anchor? That's why meeting others, you should have given them the benefit of the doubt that they have improved. Well, not everybody will improve, but you have to have that in your heart that I'm probably meeting a better version of this guy. So Joseph attempted to make them guilty, look guilty, and, but it was a ploy. And Joseph put the silver cup in Benjamin, and then, led by Judah, they bowed down and interceded for Benjamin. Ako na lang, let me. Now they were willing. Before, they were willing to kill a brother. Now they were willing to sacrifice their lives, not only for the brother, but you know how what really touched, I believe really touched Joseph when they mentioned about the father. Oh, my father, our father would, would be so, will grieve until he dies. And Joseph did not see that in the equation. He wasn't looking at the equation. He just saw Benjamin and he wants Benjamin to be with him. But then they mentioned the father. That's why when they mentioned the father, he remembered his father who loved him. Then he broke down. He couldn't keep the secret any longer. I am Joseph. And he cried so hard. Amazing how he kept his composure all this time, right? 
You know, that's one thing you do when you're deeper in the Lord. You gain inner strength. You know, inner strength is you have the ability to be patient. More patient. Because you pray more. You meditate more. You fill your mind and your heart with the Word of God. You actually improve. Before, he just had a dream, and he would tell his brothers a dream. Next day, hey, I had a dream. You all bowed down before me. He had no patience. But this time, he saw his brothers. He could have captured them all. Bring them all to the dungeon. Oh, no, 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 no. Put them down a well. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's sell them somewhere. He could have said... I will do to you what you've done to me. No, he had inner strength. He was able to practice generosity, and then he cried. And then they were afraid. Nobody spoke a word. Joseph. <laughs> it's Joseph, the one we betrayed. But Joseph said, don't be afraid. He hugged Benjamin. He cried. And he hugged every one of the brother who betrayed him. Every one of them he hugged and he cried. Some application, we must attempt to unite the whole family, not just parts of it. You see, Joseph wanted to unite with Benjamin. That won't work. Yes, he may start somewhere. You may start somewhere to unite the family. But the goal is to unite everyone. That there will be peace and harmony in the family. We need to ex express sincerity and humility for reconciliation to happen. Sincerity and humility. You know, I think the word brokenness plays a role here. Because they were broken. Broken in heart. I mean... And, and we know that even in, in the Bible, especially in Psalm 51, that God looks at the broken heart. The one broken, uh, I, when you're broken before God, you are not only sorry for your sin, your heart is broken because of your sin. You're not just, oh, okay lang yung sin ko, my sin is okay, God will forgive me. That's not brokenness. Brokenness is, Lord, I have offended you. I need to change. Help me change. That's brokenness. Can you imagine, they, in front of the most powerful man next to Pharaoh, they're in front of the brother they betrayed. And he has the power of life and death. And he's the one who's been feeding them, returning their money. And that right, right now they're in front, they're broken because they know they would be slaves if this man wanted to. And the youngest would be put to death. They were broken, but they were not the only ones broken. Joseph too. That's why he was able to hug them. He was broken. For reconciliation to happen, there must not be one who says, I'm better than you. You sinned against me. And maintain it of that. Brokenness is, I had my part. Forgive me. And the other one says, we had our part. Can we be reconciled? You know the thing is, we humans... This should happen on a regular basis. <laughs> we learned this, my wife and I, early in our marriage. So we were quick to do it. If ever we offended somebody, we were quick, quick, quick. Until such time that it was so easy to say, forgive me, I was wrong. But one rule we had, when somebody's hot, 
the other one cannot be hot. When I mean hot, I do mean hot-tempered, all right? I don't mean hot as in hot. <laughs> That's fine, you know? It, it works for marriage. Ah, take note, within marriage. Singles, doesn't work for you, all right? You're both hot, stop it. Okay. Hot-tempered, if one is hot-tempered, give them the space. Then be patient. But if you are hot-tempered, you should realize what you're doing is wrong. But because we are human, you need to release that steam. Go ahead. Release it on a punching bag. Ever wondered why I have a punching bag at home? No, no, not because I'm releasing steam from my wife. No, no. I mean, not, not, not because of that. I, I, no, because I love sports. That's why I have that, because I love sports. <clears throat> and some, if someone is upset, give them the space. But don't take too long. Don't take too long. Don't take forever to be upset. You're making it harder to reconcile. You're making it harder. But if you train yourself at home, why at home? That's the hardest place to show agape love. Funny, right? Parents have a form of agape love, but it's not perfect. Oh, they love you. They'll sacrifice themselves for you. But because parents sort of think they know best for you. They feel they're God and they think they, that they know better. That's not always true. But it's true that they know more about life than you in the sense that experience. The number of years. The number of years. That's what all I'm talking about. That doesn't mean they're wiser. We are wiser than our children. It just means we had more experience and it pays to listen. It pays to listen. In the same way, it's hard because... We see each other's weaknesses at home so easily. So, friends, before you appreciate your friends more than your family, take note, there's a difference in context. We understand? There's a difference in context. Don't say, oh, my friends are better off. They understand me. They haven't lived with you. They haven't seen how you throw your sock in every place. They don't see how you, after you eat, you don't even wash your di the dish you ate. They don't see how considerate you are when they're sleepy and you're still uh, high energy. You haven't seen how some people give you space, some actually do not. Much like at home, right? And among brothers and sisters, that's my shirt, why are you wearing that? Sometimes it's those little things, and then it becomes bigger. Then it becomes about money. And then for, for ladies, you both, or even for the brothers, they have the same crush. And one beat the other one to the other. Oh, oh awkward. <laughs> uh, that's why in this church for teens, please, if you're an adult and you can afford, you can get married, I say, marry somebody who, who is submitted to the Word of God because they fear God. The Word of God says that you should love your wife. Wives, submit to your husbands. It's there. Both of you can submit there and make it work. If you're ready. If you're not ready, you can hide if you want. We can't monitor you 24-7. But you know what? You're just straining the relationships with others. 
And you know how awkward it is? Sila daw, tas hindi na sila. So what happens to the bond of brothers in the youth? One don't want to go there, or both don't want to go there. I don't want to see his face. Or, uh, why is that brother always nice to you, huh? Uh, then there's the envy comes in, jealousy comes in. Then there's a strain in the relationship. Things happen. That's why, you know, because we are humans, we are dynamic. We're dynamic. You're not exactly the person beside you, right? We are dynamic. We're also dynamic because we keep changing. So, my friends, we must attempt to unite the family and every now and then, sincerely, with brokenness, be restored to each other. But let me also teach you something. Learn how to make deals, good deals, okay? So, look, you can borrow my socks as long as you ask permission, all right? You know, these are deals, okay? You can borrow this shirt. Can I borrow this shirt? Those are friends, but the communication is very clear. It's very clear. We had that discussion before, before you even got married, because we, we read a ton of books about marriage and about relationship, about family life. So many books. I read more books on family than in prayer. And there are a lot of books in prayer. And I have filled my mind there, and I have read the scriptures, and I realize there's something there that must be cleared beforehand. So I said to my wife, if you want to work, go ahead. If you want a business, I can help you. But I prefer you're closer to the children. Therefore, I take full responsibility with what we will spend. That is on me. But this is my condition. Is that okay? That had to be clear. Then I have to say, because I'll be working so hard, I don't want to be part of any household chore. But then I said, I'll give you an extra maid. Isn't that fair? <laughs> uh, yes, you like it, right? Yeah. Another deal, when it comes to the major decisions, where we're going to live, we moved here. I take the lead in that. Of course, I'll consult her. I'll consult the whole family, but I take the lead. But everything else, you can do it. So she makes almost all the decisions, what kind of woven, what kind of blinds or drapes. I don't interfere with that. If it's really bad, I tell a friend to tell her. <laughs> Uh, I try to avoid the conflict. Anyway, reconciliation. The death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ opens a way for reconciliation with the Father. We have offended the Father because of sin. Adam, because of sin. And everybody else because of sin. But the Father invites us through Christ to be reconciled with Him. And we can say, Lord, forgive us of our sins. We want to have a relationship with You. We want to have faith in what Jesus Christ did. We want to receive the forgiveness of sins. And we can be forgiven and we can receive eternal life. What should we do? Like the brothers, they were broken. We must be broken. Genuine repentance must have brokenness in the heart. Let us all stand as we pray.
Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for reminding us that you are a God of plan and purpose and design. And it is also our prayer, Lord, that you unite our families under you. And we pray, Lord, teach us to be broken, to be sincere so that we may be truly reconciled. Whether we are in the position of strength or power, or we are in the position of the right, or whether we are in the position of the wrong, teach us to be gracious to one another in brokenness. What's more important is not who's right. What's more important is that we're okay in this relationship, that we can patch up, that we can make it up to each other. And Lord, we pray with the death and resurrection of Christ. Thank you for the reconciliation in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Palapakan natin ang Panginoon.